0: Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy two two says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. All right. And he gathered, now notice, verse 16. And he gathered them together. Now, you can read verse 14. Look, where it says, These uh, spirits went out and on and led the kings of the earth and of the kings of the whole world, preparing them to battle of the great day of God Almighty. Now, read verse 16. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. You see, that continues the thought, doesn't it? Verse 15 is a break reminding while this is coming on, it's God pausing to reassure and to warn his people about the the necessity of being alert or wide awake, scripturally speaking. All right? And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Well, you hear uh a whole lot said about Armageddon Theodore Roosevelt when he was running for uh president his the, the last time why he uh, was being some, uh, a lot of his former followers had deserted him and, and he was uh, thinking that he was uh beating the bushes all by himself and that it, it was, he was having a pretty hard time and he said that he was fighting the battle of Armageddon and, uh, well, the only place, the only literature in which that word is found is in the Book of Revelation. Uh, Armageddon, nowhere else. Uh, the, you know, when, uh, General MacArthur, uh, talked about if, uh, uh, if America didn't prepare and wake up and fortify themselves and quit uh, giving its power and strength away to other nations. That we were, we were going to be, uh, that Armageddon was going to be upon us. Well, now what does it mean by Armageddon? Whatever Armageddon is. And in word, uh, it's called Armageddon or Armageddon. The, uh, uh there's a hill of Megiddo. And it's also called the Valley of Megiddo. Uh, uh, of course, this uh, denotes the plain area uh through which the the uh, highway from egypt to damascus uh that territory and of course uh in the second kings you find you know the good king josiah which just before uh well when his sons uh zedekiah and, uh, that when, uh, well, he heard the, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh Necho, was going to, he was on his way up through the valley of Megiddo, up through the way the armies all traveled and all caravans travel. Well, uh, he heard that he was there. Well, he didn't want him to go. Afraid he was going to get them, uh, because, uh, he, he's afraid that, uh, uh, evidently, because the Bible uh, doesn't give us uh, a specific reason why he acted like he did, that's it, a mystery. In reading uh, a puzzle to uh, to read, why he went down and tried to stop that king? Well, of course, at that time the uh, the king uh, Egypt and Nebuchadnezzar, his daddy, uh, was vying for the uh, writes the control of Palestine. And uh, here was um, uh, Pharaoh Necho on his way to Karmish. He was going to uh, fight against Babylon. And uh, so, uh, Josiah decides he'll go and stop it. And he went out there in the valley and he got killed. Well, Barak, uh and Deborah uh, won a great battle in the valley of Megiddo. Uh, Jehu, uh, uh killed a-, a man in the valley of, uh, of, uh, uh, of Megiddo. Also, Jehu, you know, and then later, he went on up and uh, old Jezebel decked herself out, you know, she painted her lips and her cheeks and put on all of her perfume and, and got up in the window and was enticing the kings and the royalty and the noble and, and, oh, Jehu said, just throw her down. And boy, they went up there and throwed her out the, out, out the window. And, uh, the prophecy of Elijah, uh, came true. Uh, and of course that, uh, of course, the valley, uh, but Napoleon met his Waterloo there. See, uh, actually in, uh, as far as Palestine was concerned. Uh, Every nation during the Crusades, why well, the Valley of Megiddo was a place to do battle. Why? Because it's, a, it's the only wide level stretch of ground where armies back in those days, see, which uh, was uh, done by uh, chariots and by horsemen and by foot soldiers, that uh, it was a uh, regular battlefield. But uh, the biblical usage out of here, is the last battle, the place of the last battle. It's the assembling, it's the world meeting, it's the kings of this earth organizing against the Lord Jesus Christ. They think it's uh, against uh, uh, the people, you know, the, uh, that uh, refusing, uh, to, uh, as far as they're concerned, they think all they see out of it is the godly element upon the earth. Uh, fighting the ones that wouldn't fall down and worship the, the beast, the image. And, uh, so, but, uh, here, after the Euphrates is dried up, the kings of the east are gathering down, the kings of the world have gathered together. What are they gathered for? To a place in the Hebrew tongue called Armageddon. Alright? And that's all it says. We, we abruptly leave it to go to the last vial now, the last bowl. This is the seventh bowl, judgment. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. Now, again, you'll see that this is uh, declaring something as having already taken place, still in the future, but a certain future, you see. Just like when the Lord Jesus said, it is finished. Well, what was finished? He hadn't died when he said that. He hadn't been buried when he said that, see. He didn't, hadn't risen from the grave when he said that. But the expression, it is finished, uh, and just like he said in the Uh, It was in 12th chapter when he said, Now is my, uh, now is the judgment of this world. See? Uh, in in other words, and yet the judgment of this world hadn't come, but it was going to that, uh, he said that uh, just two days before he did die. See? uh, So here we have the certainty of the Battle of Armageddon uh, being uh, being declared, why? Because the uh, the day of the the wrath of God, all of this, uh, his his bowls are poured out now. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. Now, we have reached that point in the seals, in the trumpets, and now in the bowls. We've come to, the, uh, to that point in time when God is affecting the sun, the moon, and the stars. And not that what Jesus said in Matthew 24? Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light. And the, and the star shall fall from heaven. See? Whenever that point comes, we are uh, we are at, on the threshold of the coming of the Lord to the earth again when these events take place. And now then, in the seventh vial, and beginning with the seventh vial, it says, and these are the last, chapter 1, uh, chapter 15, verse 1 says uh, that uh the seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. You see? Right now, and this seventh bowl is the final fulfillment of the wrath of God. In other words, it's all of the uh, the, the judgments of God preliminary to the actual battle. The battle has been identified. It's been brought before us. But Christ hadn't made his appearance, see. See, the, the, the armies of the earth are getting together. They're coming to the place called Armageddon. But, uh, so, now then, in verse uh, uh, 8, a constituted part of the signs. Here is an earthquake like there never, never has been an earthquake. Uh, all earth earthquakes, and, and the Bible says that when Jesus died, the earthquake it didn't say there was an earthquake. It says the earthquake. All right, now the earthquake at the flood. It says the fountains of the deep were broken up. That involved the that involved, according to even science, the whole earth gives uh, manifests the expression of some cataclysmic judgment. Uh, uh experience of even upon the earth. Alright? So, uh, verse 19 tells you the result of the greatness of this earthquake. And the great city was divided into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Now, and that reaches, uh, and that's the end as far as judgments are concerned. Now, it's prophesied here. Um, Babylon is not judged. The great city was divided into three parts. I mean, because of the earthquake. Zechariah tells you about an earthquake uh, uh, that half to the south and half to the north, you know. And that uh, valley from the uh, from the Dead Sea to the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, now, this uh, speaks about and great Babylon, and it says, and the cities of the nations fail. Now, brother, this is a fulfillment. This is a prophecy here uh, and a, a record uh, that speaks of the, uh, when this, Seven bowls poured out that the nations, the cities of the earth are going to be affected. And verse 20 uh, goes beyond the coming of Christ. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. Just a verse put in between. Tell us now when that happened. Here's a verse, just like verse fifteen up here, out of its content, out of its immediate uh, uh, continuity. You see, and then he says, and there fell upon men a great hail, and out of he- uh, out of heaven, every stone, not some stones now, but uh, about the weight of a talent, and the men blasphemed God. Because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Now, the hail is said to be of a talent, the weight of a talent. Now, that's been estimated by the uh, different uh, uh, people in that field, from 60 pounds to 135 pounds. Uh, when you get a, you talk about, we've, we've seen hail uh, big as a, uh, a marble and up nearly to a golf ball. Maybe. I mean, people have predicted it, said they've seen something that big. I never have. I've seen something big as a, a marble that I used to, uh, half tall, you know, and shoot in a, in a game. But, uh, but now, when I you... Thought, get, I saw those in Memphis that time. Yeah, well now they, but yeah, I know I mean, you, they, they speak of that. Yeah. see. And that it beats hail that beats the corn, the crops, and the vegetations to death, see? All right, but now here is hail, that every hail, that, uh, that hail itself is said to be uh, the weight of a talent. And uh, third time, uh, men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail. For well, the plague thereof was exceeding rich. See, they knew that God was bringing this uh, uh, plague upon them. Pharaoh knew it too, but he uh, he continued to harden his heart, didn't he? He continued to, uh, that he wouldn't let Israel go. All right? In verse 19, it was saying, and the great city was the valley. Yeah. What city is that? Uh, huh? I, I think... Uh, uh, I, I think it'll, uh, be, uh, uh, well, now Jerusalem, uh, Rome, Babylon. Now uh, you've got, people, people will tell you the three different places. Uh, now the, uh, so the great city, uh, on several occasions undoubtedly refers to Jerusalem. And then it says the great city Babylon by name. Well, now, uh, Jerusalem is not Babylon other in the sense that in the final day, because of departure, wickedness, see, it, it would have to be interpreted symbolically. And so is Rome. Rome is not Babylon. And yet, apparently, uh, as we will notice, uh, Babylon is a term that refers to Rome, the capital of the beast wherever the wherever this nations of the earth wherever they're going to have the capital that's the city now uh... it's the headquarters of the of of this world now whether that be Jerusalem whether that be Rome whether that be in a some place that's uh... at this time uh... is unrevealed a lot of people think that it's going to be in the restored Babylon people that believe that Babylon's going to be rebuilt uh... Uh, um, tell us that it'll be Babylon itself. The literal Babylon on the Euphrates River. Uh, but when you get down, when you get out into uh, to that detail, of course it's, uh, it, it, there's nothing wrong with asking the question or trying to find out the detail of it. But, uh, the, uh, the, chapter 17 and 18 now is going to describe the fall oh uh the, you notice back here it says the cities of the earth fail see yeah all right uh that that's gonna include new york that's gonna include chicago san francisco los angeles that's gonna get that's gonna get America see Maybe absolutely <laughs> uh, that's gonna this whole earth is gonna be affected you see all right uh now, and, uh, chapter seventeen says, "And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me." Now you see, his mission's over. The mission of the seven angels that had the seven bowls was to pour out their judgment upon uh, uh, the beast upon the uh those who worship the beast and uh, um, and so now uh, chapter uh, 16 uh they have done that they have uh, they have poured out uh they've emptied the bowls now one of them talks with john and says to john come hither and i will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication now that's what the angels told him now verse 3 gives a break you see so so He carried me away in the spirit, into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones, And pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations, and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the Mother of Harlots, and the Abominations of the Earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints, And with the blood of the martyrs, of Jesus, and when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Actually, great wonder. He wasn't admiring it or rejoicing in it. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman, and of the beast that carrieth her. Which hath the seven heads and the ten horns? Now, in these seven verses, as you uh, easily see, is a description of the great harlot, the great, uh, uh, the great uh, is called in King James the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Now, in verse one, she sits upon many waters, and verse uh down in, in in verse uh uh seven she's sitting upon a beast now the uh, the picture verse one shows her relationships with the world with all uh with all the world the verse uh seven limits uh, uh, uh Pictures are in a limited capacity. Now, uh, in verses uh, eight through eighteen, we have the interpretation. The interpretation is given, so uh, we 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 can read the interpretation and then discuss the seven verses. The beast that thou sawest was and is not. And shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitting. Now notice she sits on water, she sits on the bees now she's seen sitting on seven mountains. And, And this is the interpretation. The seven heads are seven mountains. Well uh, what does a mountain mean? See, we need to keep on interpreting for us. Uh, that's not enough, uh, sometimes. Well, a mountain in the Bible, uh, of course, represents a kingdom, represents an empire, represents a power. Uh, so, uh, uh the seven heads are, you might say, seven empires. Uh, on, uh, on which the woman sitteth. Now, You're going to have a a varying, as as you can tell, where the woman sits. It has a particular message at each time. Uh, and and the beast, uh, the picture of the beast is not going to remain constant. Uh, his, uh, one time he may, he's going to appear, uh, under one description, and then again a little later, there'll be a different description, uh, of the beast. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth, and there are seven kings. Five are fallen, one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the ape and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. Now verse 12 is going to tell you who the horns are. The ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast alright uh, uh, see we've got a while ago in verse 16 we had kings of the east kings of the earth kings of the whole world and now we read of the ten kings and these ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet but receive power as kings one hour with the beast they are friendly to the beast they are aids to the beast They are on his side. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. Verse 14 says, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen, and faithful. Now, at this point, the Lamb hasn't shown up. This is still a prophecy that the Lamb's coming. And it's to reassure God's people that... Now, look here. He's been introduced to a a, a great harlot that's riding the beast. And then here's ten kings that are siding with the beast. They give their power to the beast. They're on the beast side. Side of the beast. Now then, uh, and then it tells us the purpose of these ten kings is to make war with the Lamb. Now, uh, look at verse 15. And he saith unto me, the waters, uh, here, verse 15, is going to identify the waters of verse 1, where the great harlot sat. He saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples, multitudes, and nations, and tongues. That old gal's got a, a long stretch, ain't she? If she can sit on this nation and on that nation, she's pretty widely built, eh? Uh, between the seams. Well, uh, so this is not a literal woman, as you can see. Yet, it is showing how, uh, this corruption, this harlot, has deceived, uh, seduced, you see, multitudes, kings, nations, tongues, multi- nations. Now notice verse 16 says the ten horns, which thou sawest upon the beast, these, now there's no reason given, nothing intimated why. Now she's riding the beast and having a good time. But her good time, like old Jezebel's, had a, comes to an end. The very beast that she rides, and these ten kings, turn against the harlot. Verse 16 says, The ten horns which thou sawest, which are ten kings, you see, upon the beast thee shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. Now, you see, the nations of the earth bring judgment upon the harlot. It is God that's going to bring judgment upon the beast. Now, verse 17. For God hath put in their hearts. Now, you'd be absolutely here if you don't watch out. God hath put in their hearts the kings of the earth. The kings of the earth are are doing, what are they doing? To fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. You see, history, regardless of how dark it may look, is still... Under the providence of God, under the direct control of God Almighty, the, even the kings of the earth here. Why? What river? There's no power in in Satan that he could dry up the river Euphrates, or that uh, people could uh, perform all of these miracles to seduce the world. That power was given of God. And that's exactly what Paul says, there's no power except God give it, see. Now you talk about higher power, that, that's where it is. Now Satan's got a, a great amount of power, but it's a, still a limited power, and it's a derived power. It's subject to higher powers. Now, uh, he says, For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree. Now, brother, when you can get kings to agree, uh, when you get nations to agree, I'll guarantee you God's going to have to do something to them. You can't get uh, Sadat and Begin to agree. Two kings, two men of power, well now here's ten kings and 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 the bible says that uh, that they agree all right and give their kingdom their power their authority to the beast boy they won't even give up a little strip of land to have peace to agree among themselves, see? Uh, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Now, brother, there's a purpose. Uh, God has spoken somewhere, somewhere down the line. And that's going to involve the prophecies from Genesis down. And all of the words, all that's contained in in the destiny of this earth, of this world, is involved right here. Until the words of God shall be fulfilled. You think that's what I you know, these Bible men like Abraham and Paul such strength and faith to go forward under all circumstances just knowing that this
1: God is in full control.
0: Absolutely. And I'm living for Him and and they didn't care what happened. what happened. That's before, right. It just happened. That's right. Well, that's exactly the same message Jesus preached Take my cross upon you and learn of me. Now, brother, he didn't promise you uh, a, a full garden of roses. He said it was going to be hard and difficult, see? And the woman which thou sawest, now then, see? Who is she? The woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. That is, that great capital. See, the capital city. Now, uh, it, it's possible that it's Rome. It's possible that it's, uh, Babylon. See, I don't think it's, uh, uh, that this city is, uh, uh is Jerusalem. In other words, it, it's possible that it, that it could be, but, uh, this woman, which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. I think that's Rome. In other words, it's still Babylon. It's Babylon. It's Babylon moved from uh, from uh, literal Babylon to Pergamos. And from Pergamos after Attalus died, he willed his country to Rome. Pergamus still Rome. See, Rome, that was uh, uh, Ephesus. And the area of these seven churches... That was the the most formidable, most loyal, devoted part of the Roman Empire that Rome had. Now, you see, Rome's one thing. The Roman Empire is all her territories that she uh, conquered. And uh, then when Pergamus willed it to his authority, uh, to Rome, well, then, of course, it was uh, his power... Uh, was exercised by Rome itself in the city of Rome. And uh and there's no there's no doubt uh that there is a great lesson way this is written, there is uh application, it was applicable in the days of past history of the papacy, of uh Romanism, of religion, see uh that uh well, what did she do? Uh, the Roman uh, certainly Rome uh, corrupted all of the nations of the earth, well, religiously. But uh, but in the explanation, it says the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Now she was she was decked out, uh, but what had she done? She had committed fornication with the inhabitants of the earth, and been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Now, what had this city done? This it's corrupted the earth. Now, I think uh, I think we have a right to say doctrinally. I think we have a right to say uh, morally. See, because there's no question. uh, The Bible explains itself here. And uh, it, that is uh, tells us that uh, the woman is not a uh, individual woman, see? but just as an individual harlot would seduce and uh, and deceive and uh, for her own ends. See? Just so has the nation of Rome. Just so is uh, that uh, that authority. And what is it? She's drunk. the main thing that's characteristic of her—that she's drunk with the blood of the martyrs. Rome has put to death, and not one pope from uh, uh, has ever denied, or apologized, or admitted the murders performed by Rome. The, uh, massacre of, of uh, Saint Bartholomew, uh, uh, in France. Grey, uh, why, uh, they, they, uh, hundreds of thousands upon different occasions were murdered. The Inquisition, all you've got to do is study, uh, study that. And now the Pope just recently been down to Mexico, see, and in Spain, of course, that's where this, things started in mean, the Inquisition where the great suffering of it was. Oh, he went down there and according to the pictures on television there was about as many thronging him as the mobs in Iran uh, wanting a Comedian to come home. See? Well, I like? a man like that. I don't see how now, he could be of God, brother. What? Uh, I don't mean to, to receive uh, that kind
1: uh, of honor. Yeah, uh, that's not
0: right. right. No, that, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's what this is talking about right here, too. See, this is talking about all of the loyalties, you see. The the earth has been made drunk. They don't know what they're they sure done. See? They uh and not uh, and and they they're they're not sober. They they they've been uh they've been tricked. All right. Now you wanna go on any further? I'd like to go on. Go all, right. on all, right. all right, let's let's go through the eighteenth chapter because the eighteenth chapter is the same. Now, the 18th is a continuation, and we'll continue the the, the tribulation. Now, this is the uh, chapter 17 and chapter 18. To to no, we okay. any more. Okay. Uh, chapter 17 and chapter 18 is a detailed uh, view, description of the, uh, of the fall of the kingdom's uh, of this world, in other words, the religious kingdom, the commercial kingdom, the political kingdoms, the economic kingdoms, powers—they're uh, they're crumbling now. That's what uh, right here. You see, the uh, here you have internal. Now you had uh, the, this woman is going to be put to death by the kings of the earth. You see, Rome. Uh papal Rome likes to have uh, civil authority and religious authority, you see, and did so, and had exercised it until old King Emmanuel went in there and kind of uh, busted the thing up. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.